Welcome to the National Film Pod of Canada, the podcast with a different take on the movies. My name is George Kaplan. In this episode, I will finish discussing the early days of Canadian film using the book called Embattled Shadows by Peter Morse. I will review Morse's conclusion from the book, and I will then give my take on his book. Chapter 8, Conclusion In the postscript, the author lays out a typical history of movie industries around the world since the invention of film. And this typical outline would be, for other countries, first, local showmen exploit a new technology and show short films produced elsewhere by other people. By 1903, the public interest in simple strict films and recordings of mundane events start to fade. Showmen become film producers and draw on narrative traditions of the 19th century novel. By 1910, those attempts would consolidate themselves around studios headed by entrepreneurs. Gradually, one studio would come to dominate the rest. Narrative films would become more complex in plot and character. By the 1920s, film industries around the world have to face the hegemony of Hollywood. Governments would intervene to protect the industry on economic and cultural grounds. The laws enacted would have a certain success, but from the mid-twenties, the film industries would face other crises, such as the Depression, sound films, and falling attendance. Then after World War II, more challenges, and throughout the years, then, Hollywood films would enjoy profits, and other producers would seek success by imitating them. And the amazing thing here is that Canada does not line up with other countries with this outline. It is not a typical film industry as other industrialized countries have. And calling it an industry, as far as I'm concerned, is a bit much. Still at the time, around 1905, it would have been strange for people to say that Canada would not have an actual film industry by then, at least the size of Italy. The reasons for this, according to the author, is that a centralized studio production system did not develop, while regional productions persisted, relying on what the author states as an emphasis on the role of individual initiative. And second, the fact that the federal and provincial governments did not enact effective protection and support for the industry. And these two factors are the reasons that Canada is not equal to other countries for film production, more so than Hollywood's economic intervention, according to Morse. The blame could be put on the total lack of vision by people in charge of the Canadian industry, such as Ray Peck, head of the Motion Picture Bureau, who thought that Canada's role in the movie world lay in being a branch plant of Hollywood. And with people like that, well, what would you expect? 
The advantage for Hollywood was that it was backed by Wall Street money and was a monopoly. And because of its dominant role, Hollywood was able to impose a certain, quote, standard, unquote, of what qualifies as a real movie, then and now. But Canadian films of that period did not follow these standards. And because the quintessential Canadian film form is, of course, the documentary. But this form is not the dominant and popular film form worldwide. And this placed Canadian cinema beyond the movie mainstream. But, Morris says, quote, Finally, of course, all these factors, liberal economics, regionalism, naturalism, he means here unique Canadian traits, stem from the same roots. These roots are identifiable with the Canadian ethos and represent both its strength and its limitation. If, on the one side, that ethos worked to prevent the Canadian film from capturing international markets, on the other, it may have created a model of what a more democratic film industry might be. Unquote. Now, here's my take on the book. Morris says that the documentary form is essential to Canada. Now, I am not sure about the documentary being the essential form for Canada. In his book, he does seem to overestimate the documentary form and its place in Canadian filmmaking. He tries to use it as a way of elevating our standing in film history, but I don't buy it. The use of the documentary approach in Canada was determined more by economic necessity. It is just cheaper to film outdoors and use actual locations, real people, not actors, so no need for studios, so no sets, and so on. Canadian filmmakers may have liked it, but what about the audience? Why did Canadian audiences flock to Hollywood movies if documentary is just so Canadian? One element never mentioned is the lack of interest in movies in Canada from the powers that be, like politicians, due to either contempt for movies or interest in other things like hockey. Of course, here I'm speculating, but back then, maybe, maybe less now, but those people, I think there were issues in their minds about movies in the sense that movies for them were like an American thing, not a Canadian thing, something which is seen to be trivial, superficial, not necessary, but a luxury like most of the arts. It was not to be given any attention, and certainly not any funding from the government to support it. I mean, how else would you explain their complete lack of support for a Canadian film industry? There's also the question of money. Hollywood had access to bank loans from Wall Street to expand and finance themselves. Where could Canadian filmmakers go to get money in Canada for their films? The banks did not do those loans. He does mention Wall Street money, but he doesn't devote all that much space to this. And you know, in movies, money is pretty important, to say the least. There are many reasons that explain the problems of the Canadian film industry at that time. And no, no problem has just one cause, of course. 
but Peter Morris does seem to minimize the influence of Hollywood on the Canadian industry. He says in the book that it is secondary and that the primary reason is, quote, the general economic and cultural history of the society itself, unquote. I mean, I agree that the national character of Canada determined the direction of the film industry. And because of this, well, they didn't help to create a typical film industry as seen in other Western countries. But it doesn't excuse Hollywood from taking advantage of this situation. I can't just minimize this or make it seem secondary. There's no outrage here at the attempt of Hollywood to dominate everything in Canadian film. I mean, what gives them the right? As mentioned, other countries had to deal with Hollywood also, but their government did something about it, passing laws, etc. Canada did nothing. Why? Was it really just because of some typically Canadian tradition of, quote, classical liberalism, unquote, as Morris says? And outside of the government, I mean, there were some business people who tried to get things done in Canada. I mean, remember Ernest Shipman? I mean, he failed in the long term, but others could have tried. There never was in Canada a great quantity of business people or entrepreneurs who thought of setting up an actual movie studio and making films for Canadian audiences like in other countries. Why is that? The question is not asked. Plus, some things don't change. Remember in Chapter 3, where Morris mentions that at first, Canadian newspapers were for a Canadian film industry, and a few years later, they reduced themselves to just being happy when Canada was mentioned in Hollywood movies? These days, usually at Oscar time, TV news people here bring up the fact that some nominated film has as they say there, a Canadian connection, and whenever some Canadian makes it in the American movie industry, that's also news, and apparently something to be proud of. I mean, this way of thinking started off almost a hundred years ago. Some things have changed. The Canadian obsession with documentaries has lessened with new generations of filmmakers. More emphasis in recent decades has been placed on narrative films, but other problems remain to this day, such as distribution and again financing. Still, after all these years, I could even say after all these decades or after a century, I mean, these problems could have been addressed a long time ago. And here's a note uh, that later on I will, I will explore more the economics of the movie industry both Canadian and American, in greater detail. But still, despite all these issues, I have a great respect for Peter Morris for all of his scholarship and work on the early history of Canadian film. His book deserves to be read by all Canadians. That's it for the early days of the Canadian film industry. What's next? Well, I will do a podcast about Canadians who worked for Hollywood in the early days and who helped make it what it was and what it is. 
And then, in another podcast, I will get into the history of old Hollywood. That is to say, Hollywood from the beginning of movies to about 1949. I will not cover the whole American industry, just the major studios that sprung up during those years. And some of them actually still exist today, like Paramount. If you have any comments about the podcast, you can reach the NFP at nfpcan at protonmail.com. That's nfpcan at protonmail.com. Bye for now.